So last night I went to see John Legend at Ravinia. And uh, I um, was eating over a recycling bin with my husband. It was a special moment. (laughs) And there were thousands of people surrounding us. And this woman came up and she was talking to the three men to the side of me, but I didn't catch that. I thought she was talking to me. And she was like, where's the pavilion? I'm here for the first time. I'm so excited. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're going to have an amazing time. The pavilion is right there. Do you see it? I was very emphatic and very excited that it was her first time at Ravinia. And the three men were sort of uh, frozen by my enthusiasm. And so she walked away and one of the men came up to me and he said, you really love this place. I said, I really do. I've been coming here my whole life. I love this place. And he said, come with me. And I wasn't sure if he was kidding, but he started walking. And so I looked at my girlfriend Tatum and I said, I'm going. And she said, okay. And so we walked to the Ravinia gift shop and he walked up to the cashier and he, she, he said, this woman loves this place. Anything she wants in the store, up to $50. <laughs> so what's funny about that is that earlier in the day I went shopping and I saw a necklace And it was going to look fabulous with my outfit. But something in me said, you really, come on, you don't need that. You have enough stuff. And so I said, you know, if my heart was really longing for it, I would give myself that gift. But something said, don't do it. And wouldn't you know I got myself some bling at Ravinia last night? Now, about two and a half hours later, John Legend and his fine self was up there, shirt down to here, doing his thing, shaking it slowly. And he said, who here wants to keep me company up here? Because I want to slow dance. Now, I always have these images that occur for me where I'm like, I think it's my opportunity. I mean, this is a chronic challenge for me. I will walk in to a restaurant and assume that perhaps there's a surprise party in the works. And Nathan is like, why would you think that? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. So I I sort of was calculating. I'm about nine rows back. I mean, it was possible. And there was a void of seats in front of me. So I had this thought, he's going to see me and say, it's her. I want her. Well, that did not happen. But he invited a woman onto the stage. It was the woman I directed to the pavilion. If you miss it, you won't realize that that is a profoundly spiritual experience. Do you know that you have the opportunity to walk in expectancy all the time? 
And do you know that it was as gratifying, perhaps more gratifying, that Crystal was invited to the stage before me? It was a demonstration. Actually, I was on stage. My name was Crystal. So we have the opportunity to walk through life with many filters. And I want to invite us into a particular practice now. So imagine if you walked through life and you said, everything and everybody prospers me now. What if you just walked through life and you said, everything and everybody prospers me now? Did you know everything and everybody prospers me now? You would walk in a completely different consciousness. You would walk in a state of receptivity. And then perhaps you would include the statement, I always have something to give. I always have something to give. See, there was once a woman who was without her husband. He had died. And they had many, many children. And she was in a deep, dark spot. She was in an experience of not enough. Her children had not eaten since the previous day. And she was very concerned about what to do. So she called a counselor and she described the situation. It's not good. My kids are here. They're looking at me to feed them and I don't have enough to give. And her counselor began speaking to her about the law of giving. She started to talk to her about the power of moving in generosity, in spite of your circumstances and conditions. And she said, I want you to start giving. And she said, no, 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 you don't understand. I don't have anything to give. And the counselor said to her, you always have something to give. And she hung up the phone. And she sat there wondering, what could I give? And out of her window, the flowers in her yard caught her eye. So she decided to go outside. She cut the flowers and knew that there was someone ill down the street. She brought the flowers to them. It was all she had. The person was lifted by her act of generosity. She came home. She put on her most beautiful dress. She set the table with her finest linens and her children started looking with delight. They were excited. And then she sat and paused. And a knock on the door occurred. And someone who had owed her a debt showed up in that moment. She had just written her grocery list moments before. That's actually how life works. We wait so often until we have reason to believe we can resource that which we desire. But what she learned in that moment was if I walk in a consciousness of generosity and I walk in a consciousness of expectancy, there is something that is always supporting me. So say to someone next to you, if you would, everything and everybody prospers me now. And then say to that person, I always have something to give.
Now, whatever you all need to do to remember that, take a picture, <laughs> write it down, because it is an easy one to forget. It is easy. Here's what I know to be true. No matter how many material resources you have or have not, we are plagued by poverty consciousness. And when I introduced this series titled Look Up, and I said we are invoking the spiritual practices of rest and play, we actually can't fully enjoy the practices of rest and play unless we come from this space. Because what will happen is we will get preoccupied with all of the work that needs to get done. And we will get preoccupied with all of the bills that need to get paid. I cannot do rest and play. Or what is so often the case is we will use self-care as an escape plan. There is a deep distinction between a profound, rich, holistic experience of self-care versus using self-care to self-soothe because you're actually operating from a deficiency because in fact you believe there's not enough time, energy, money. And so I'll just anesthetize myself with wine. I'll anesthetize myself with a manicure. I'll anesthetize myself with a massage. I personally don't know anything about that, but perhaps you do. <laughs> do you know what I'm speaking of? So the question here really is, what is the source of your good? Is the source of your good God? When I say God, I mean the presence of life, the infinite nature of good. Or is it your stuff? What do you get your safety and security from? An indwelling, infinite presence that is always seeking to express through you, or is it through your investment accounts or your lack thereof? Is it through your partner? Is it through your bank account or your job? What is the source of your being? I want to bring our attention to the revealing word, which is a dictionary of metaphysical terms. If you are a student of this and you love to nerd out on these teachings and you don't have the revealing word, you must get it. The difference between spiritual prosperity and material prosperity is that spiritual prosperity is founded on understanding of the inexhaustible, omnipresent substance of spirit as the source of supply. The material belief is that the possession of things constitutes prosperity. The material belief is that the possession of things constitutes prosperity. When I have X as my net worth, then I'll be generous. Let me tell you, that never happens. When X, Y, Z happens, then I can give. See, I just need to hit the lottery, whatever your version of the lottery is, and then I'll be generous. But that's not the practice. See, our objective is to rest in our good, the good that is here right now. 
and to play in the land of generosity. We have all that we need in this now moment. The challenge is all that we have is not only for us. In fact, all that you have isn't yours at all. Do you realize that you are a steward of the universe? You might actually think that your 401k is yours. It's actually not. You've just been gifted the opportunity to steward resources. Are you a generous steward of your resources? Are you a generous steward? See, when we believe there's not enough, we grip. When we believe it's ours, we grip. But when we rest in the notion that there's a holy presence in back of all things that will never forget or forsake us, then we can play in the realm of generosity. Try resting and playing with an underlying paradigm of not enoughness. It will be torturous. So as we explore this practice of looking up from our neuroses and resting and playing, we must look at our underlying paradigms. It's said like this in the science of mind, or yeah, let's do that. It's said like this, we do not expect to give a treatment today for prosperity and have a million dollars tomorrow. But little by little, we can unfold our consciousness through the acquisition of greater and still greater mental equivalents until at last we shall be made free. The way to proceed is to begin right where we are. It is not scientific to attempt to begin somewhere else. One who understands the systematic use of law will understand that he is where he is because of what he is. But he will not say, I must remain where I am because of what I am. Instead, he will begin to disclaim what he appears to be. As his statements release wrong subjective tendencies, providing in their place a correct concept of life and reality, he will automatically be lifted out of his condition, impelling forces, sweeping everything before them, will set him free if he trusts in spirit and the working of the law. That's a lot of words. But what happens is we will start to take classes or we'll become really proficient spiritual seekers and then we'll look at the conditions of our life and we'll say, this stuff doesn't work. I'm still suffering. But you were gambling with God. You weren't surrendering to God. You were walking into that transaction with that wall up. Show me. Show me where my partner is. I've done my part. There was something biblically that said God loves a cheerful giver. This is not a cheerful giver. <laughs> you know, I, I sometimes hold back sharing the testimonies of my life because I will reserve them for me and think, who am I to tell you? But here's what I know. I was vigilant when I came to this community and started taking classes. I was in a dance with welfare and got out of that. Nathan and I got a bunch of money from his grandmother. We blew through it. We found ourselves in foreclosure and I still stayed the course of spiritual principle. 
So let me tell you, it does not require having a lot to give. Oftentimes I will hear, well, rich people can be generous. You know, they can't, they have the capacity. Rich people can be generous. Rich people are not generous. Generous people are generous. If you wait for the circumstances and conditions of your life to change before you start getting in the flow of life, rest assured you will stay on an island or a desert. If you start to move in a generous flow of life despite circumstances and conditions, there is something that will come in. It's called grace. You know, this morning in this community circle, before we were preparing for service, Marcus Carroll, who teaches uh, trumpet throughout the city, he teaches at New Trier High School, and he teaches on the west side. And he asked us to pray because one of his students was shot and killed this weekend. And then we started talking about another uh, young man who was a Morehouse graduate who came back to Chicago to interrupt the violence that he was witnessing and he lost his life to gun violence. When we sit in our small selves and we indulge our wants and needs and we don't see ourselves as critical pieces to the pie that we are here to move our resources, then we will continue to see what we have. If we believe in this community that we are not a solution for the opportunity and the possibility of peace in this city. I don't know who's going to do it. You know, John Legend had a lyric last night. It said, the world won't get no better if we just let it be. And I will say for us profoundly spiritual people, the world won't get no better if we just let it be. There is an opportunity for this community to bring a paradigm of thinking throughout the city of Chicago that awakens something that the Chicago Public Schools is not going to bring. City Hall is not going to bring. But what that requires is us getting out of our little wants and needs and stepping more boldly into our generous selves. So let me close with this. Poverty is a universal fear of mankind. And many people today are experiencing financial lack despite the unprecedented prosperity of our times. So there is a greater prosperity than this country has ever experienced. And in the height of the depression in 1933, the average American gave 3.6% of their income to charitable organizations. In 2017, at a time where there's more wealth in this country, there's more disposable income in this country than ever before, we're giving 1.6%. It is no surprise, this is basic mathematics, folks. If we don't value what we have and be good stewards of it and see ourselves as the portals for contribution it will get uglier. It will. 
because we must learn somehow. So this day, as we contemplate the notion of rest and play, the invitation is just to ask ourselves, how do I be generous on the planet? Where do I continue to believe in my own limitations? And I have a bit of homework for you. Every day this week, I would love for you to do an overt act of generosity for another human being. Every day this week, I would like you to do an overt act of generosity for another human being and not require acknowledgement just because it feels so damn good. Would you be willing to do that this week? Remember, we started out with this notion of you don't need to have to give. There are no excuses. If you are at a certain level of giving in your life, I don't care if it's a Bodhi or not, but step up your giving. Keep yourself on the edge of your faith muscle around what's true and real. Lots of opportunities for seduction these days. Where do you put your faith? In the facts? or in this indwelling presence that's right where you are that will never forget or forsake you. All right, let's take a deep breath. So very, very grateful to come together and to practice the presence, to avail ourselves to this infinite, infinite field, to actually acknowledge that I am simply a portal through which God works. I am a portal through which the infinite is seeking to express. I open my hands. I release the gripping that I have. And I avail the Holy Spirit, the whole presence of life to have its way in me this day. I walk in a spirit of expectancy. I walk in a spirit of abundance. I give generously. I give from my whole self, not my wounded self. I bless all I meet, for I know that I am on this planet at this now moment to disrupt the present paradigm of scarcity, to disrupt the present, present paradigm of violence. I am on the planet at this point in time to cause a spiritual awakening. And as that is true for me, I absolutely know that that is true for each of us in this space, for all beings that are resonating with Bodhi Spiritual Center. We do not exist to save folks. We exist to empower folks. And we use our resources generously to amplify the presence in all human beings. I give my life to the amplifying presence of God in every being in this great city of Chicago. What I know is that there's an indwelling presence in each of us that is just waiting for the invitation to be stirred. So what I know and affirm is that Bodhi Spiritual Center is a holy disruptor. Bodhi Spiritual Center is a holy disruptor in the present paradigm of lack, limitation, poverty, violence. I know that this community is a healing balm on the city. I know that there's a stirring in each of us. What is mine to do? How could I gather in my community and amplify the presence of love? I know I'm called for that this day. 
I know that I am called to be the presence of God in form and to awaken that in all I meet. Very, very grateful for this. Very grateful for the fulfillment of this prayer. Very grateful for this beloved community. I release this word knowing it is done. And together we say, and so it is.